I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Well, you gotta be a rider till your fears are diminishing the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind and the business got me stressed in the rent room. We let that shit up off our chest. You know the street nerd has got no time for no kata. Sass in class, yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel, say what you want. Welcome to the Red Room. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest. Look at that smile. Brother, all happy today. (laughs) It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room, where we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, and we keep it Wakanda forever. Yeah. On this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. Um, Chris is out this week, <clears throat> as is Lisa, but I'm doing another one of my one-on-one interviews. Y'all going to dig this one big time. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited on this one. This is a good one. Um, I got my man in the building. If you guys are grown, let me introduce y'all to Mark Anthony Samuel, actor himself. You guys have seen him all over the screens, you know, shirt all off and soap operas and shit. You know, I, I think I got the videotape voiceovers. He got that voice of death. You know, Mark Anthony, what's happening? What's up, Hill? How you doing? Thank you. Thank you for having me in uh, on the show in this beautiful, calm, soothing office. Thank you. I love it. I love what's I happening. I can't believe you've never been here. No. Six years. Dude, you know, <laughs> when a brother when a brother moved up to the mountain, he just uh-huh. like kind of, um, it's weird. Time goes faster. And then we had that little... Uh, had that little uh, thing that the world did, did something change? That, that, yeah, just you know, the, you know that thing, uh, coughing, sneezing, bats. I don't know something, yeah, something like that. Somebody brought somebody brought that. The, somebody brought the vapors with them. What? Exactly, exactly. Lot, lots of these masks and stuff. So yeah. you know, what's indeed, up? indeed. So welcome to the show, Mark. Um, let's tell everybody where you're from and how you got into the game. Okay, um, so I'm a native Chicagoan who moved to Oregon to a small... I don't think I ever knew you were from Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Huh, that's, I always that's just a, thought you were from Oregon. Yeah, right, that's where I was. I was born and raised my young childhood in Chicago. And I have a strong connection to it because even though after I'd moved to Oregon at a young age, mm-hmm. I still would go back every summer mm-hmm. to see my family, see my grandparents, see my people. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a very strong part of who I am. Right. Um, but so is Oregon. I moved to a place, a small community outside of Portland, Oregon, mm-hmm. called Corbett, Oregon. Corbett, Oregon. Okay. And so, uh, let's see. So imagine if you will. I was just about to say, what's the neighborhood like? Give it to well, me. Well, it's it's not <laughs> Chicago. And so it, there's a, there's, it was a huge juxtaposition of, not even a juxtaposition of culture. That infer, It was a juxtaposition of culture having us in Corbett. Right. You know, you go from a, a large city with a lot of... Uh, a lot of ethnic variety, mm-hmm. uh, cultural variety, right. a, lo- a long storied history um, <clears throat> that involved a great deal of people. Then you move to this area that is. Are you, you saying know, there's segregation still in? I mean, you know, I mean, there's still there. Look, uh, some would argue that Chicago is a pretty segregated city, and I can see that it is in some ways, mm-hmm. geographically, right. most certainly, and it has a certain history which has kind of shaped it to be what it is. Mm-hmm. 
along with our country. Damn, we're going right into it. Let me first talk about who I am, and then we'll get we'll get to that in a second. But um, hold on, let me just say this. Yeah. this is why it's called the rant room because yeah. we go off and then you come yeah, back. Yeah, you come so back. Don't and even go worry off. about. Okay, cool, <clears throat> cool, 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 cool. <clears throat> um, so yeah, then we get dropped into this uh, homogenized culture of mm-hmm. predominantly European Americans. Right. Um, different ex- life experience levels, different educational levels. Right. Uh, certainly, um, we were the minority um in that place and Mm -hmm. if there were any other any other black people in that town (laughs) it predates gps i they (laughs) always knew where we were they always knew where we were it's like the there were the samuels Mm -hmm. the lucas family um the dunlaps and the dunlaps and lucases Mm -hmm. they were white parents that adopted a whole bunch of children some of whom were black, some mm-hmm. were Asian, uh, American, some were just... So they were ahead of the game back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And so out of that, that that comprised our small blackish community, mm-hmm. those those couple of people. And then whenever we went into Portland, uh, the people that I got to know there through mm-hmm. track and field, through competing and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was... Uh, so I moved there, uh, went through school. Knowing the entire time what I wanted to be. Um, matter of fact, since I was five years old, I knew I wanted to be an actor back in Chicago. And uh, we would we would do, I would perform, you know, like talent shows for my family. You know, uh, kid, kids, you know about this. If you ever wanted to be an actor, you always wanted to like entertain. From a, you know what it is. So I would like say, hey, everybody, look at me. I'm going to do something unscripted, unplanned and just go. And uh, skits and shit. Yeah, skits and stuff. Basically boring the boring the hell out of my parents and their their company. Um, But uh, I went through school um, there and the whole time knowing that I wanted to be an actor, but not having the outlet in Corbett, Oregon. I mean, the two things I loved in life were track and field and acting. And when I got to Corbett, they didn't have a stage. They didn't have a track. How far are you guys from, is it Ashland? Where they, they, no, they Portland. Do Portland, Oregon. It's okay. 22 miles east of Portland, Oregon, in okay. the Columbia River Gorge. So, okay. so it's a small town. It's really small, okay. really okay. small. And now it's now it's changed a lot. It's become kind of an area where a lot of people from the city have their second homes. And mm-hmm. so it's more like a retreat. Mm-hmm. But back then, it was, it was quite isolated. And culturally isolated, artistically isolated. Um, it was a challenge. Mm-hmm. And I know my father, you know, he's raising, you know, black boys in Chicago. How, and how many brothers and sisters you got? I have one sister, mm-hmm. my stepsister, Cindy. She's back in Chicago right now. Mm-hmm. My brother, Terry, he's back in Chicago as well right now. And then my brother, Christopher, who's and where, in where are you in that? I'm the eldest. Oh, you're the oldest? Yeah, yeah. I would have never guessed you're the oldest. I know, I know. You're too, you're too nice and calm to be yeah, the oldest. Yeah, yeah. Inside, inside <laughs> is a tempest. Inside, you're just beating yeah. everybody's butt. <laughs> um, so, yeah, man. Uh, it's. I knew I wanted to be an actor. Mm-hmm. There was no means by which to express my desire to be an actor or an athlete. Mm-hmm. So I had to go to the community college for both. And the nearest community college was Mount Hood Community College. That's where I did community theater a couple mm-hmm. times with my father. And I ran track there and practiced track okay. for our meets, which we did have. There was a track team, just no track. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all running yeah. in the grass, they, yeah. just broken your ankles I mean, and stuff. I mean, the school the school was quite underfunded at the time. They needed help and stuff. You know, we were singing. It was a hood college, job. It was a hood college. <laughs> it, 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 it was something. But um, yeah, man. So I like, uh, I went through 
high school, college, got through college. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I took one acting class in college and it wasn't really acting. It was filling out journals and doing <laughs> doing warm-up exercises. Okay, it was right. introductory to a- introduction to acting. Mm-hmm. And I think it was kind of a skating class, but I didn't skate <laughs> because I didn't fill out my journal. I got a C. Mm, funny. And, and I thought to myself, is this is this acting? Is this doesn't seem like acting? Mm. Um, it seems like journal filling. And <laughs> I understand now what they were trying to create in that environment, like using our imaginations, expressing ourselves, getting in touch with what it is who and who we are. Mm. But I wanted to play. I wanted to like do stuff. Mm-hmm. And Eugene, where I went to college, again, <laughs> there was a, a deficit on the amount of productions, the kinds of productions we could do in Eugene, because. With the exception of the athletes that ran, ran, you know, and competed at University of Oregon, mm-hmm. I was one of them. There were very few people of color there, like you know, relatively. Right. There Y'all were, wasn't doing the whiz and stuff. No, <laughs> no if they, yeah, exa- that's exactly right. We tried to do a really? production of Fences. Mm-hmm. We couldn't get enough black people. Wow. We tried to do. Was it six people in that play? I mean, come okay. on, yeah, damn. yeah, yeah. It was rough. <laughs> so it wasn't until after I graduated from uh, school that I. I was working at a part-time job in downtown Eugene and I'd become just entirely sick of myself talking mm. about, I want to be an actor. I want to do this. And I remembered something that an acquaintance of mine, Jason Wood, years ago, somebody I knew in high school or during my, oh, wait, was it my high school years? No, it was my college years. He said he was a model mm-hmm. and I, I saw him once in a, a uh, some kind of pullout. Is he another brother? Yeah, he's a brother okay. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I saw him uh, in a pullout, because like mm-hmm. a pullout of a paper, basically modeling for right. the local store, May okay. Company store or Fred Meyer, what it's called mm-hmm. up there. And I was like, wow, he's doing something. And mm-hmm. I didn't know the difference between acting and modeling. I just knew that he was doing something. Right. And I was I was just trying to figure it out. <laughs> so I remember him telling me, he goes, the only difference between me and you is I'm just doing this now and hmm. you can do it too. Right. And I and I always thought that was really cool of him. I never That's real. It's still yeah. today. It's yeah. still today. Yeah, and right. it's 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 really cool because, you know, there's this <clears throat> even back then it was a generosity of spirit mm-hmm. which even in 2021 in our fine city of Los Angeles and wherever <laughs> you can find an attitude of generosity or you can find an attitude of scarcity. Facts. Both of which are no, the generosity, the plentifulness is real. Mm-hmm. It is real. There's something for everyone. There's room for everyone. Right. And the scarcity is an illusion. And it's an illusion that I think is kind of a hangover from our, uh, what's the word? Introduction to this country, mm. if you will. Yeah. I'm so with you. black people talking to other black people saying, you know, I got mine. <laughs> Get your <jokes>. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> Hey man, can you put me on? You know, like yo, no nah, man, you know. brother man, brother man, yeah. brother man. Let yeah. me highlight. I mean, you. look, there's okay. Well, I'll get right back. We're going to talk about <laughs> this because this is important. I love, to talk it. About. I love it. I love it. But so back to this. So mm-hmm. I realized, you know, Jason, thanks, man. I made an effort. Started looking around. I walked into the community theater that was across the, across the walking mall from my uh, part time job, mm-hmm. and I walked in, and I remember it was a yellow, <laughs> yellow pad. With, with you know, the old writing pads, <laughs> right, yellow right, pad, right. and all they had was a red pen. No one was there. I think uh, one of the directors, Jim, one of the Jims were there. And <laughs> he's like, 
well, just write your information down uh, about yourself. I hadn't, didn't have a resume. I didn't have anything at this point. Mm -hmm. And I wrote on the paper in red ink. And I remember, because I, I remember the day, I was like, my name is Mark Anthony Samuel. I am this so-and-so tall. I mm -hmm. am black. And I, will, I want to be an actor. And I will play anything. Mm. I, that, that, would, that would make me le uh, lean in. Yeah. yeah I, I said, I will play anything. Mm -hmm. And because my heart was like ahead of my ahead of me articulating something fancy or trying mm -hmm. to put on, it was just that. And I always think back on that because I think that is- It's innocence though. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it's something that I'm getting back in touch with, that okay. very feeling of like, mm -hmm. no, I'm here to play, I'm here to play. Mm -hmm. You know, Hollywood will make you think that it's this big, serious, you know, you have to do this and <laughs> this technique and this, right. that. That's a bunch of bullshit. Right. You just have to play. You mm -hmm. have to be in touch with your sense of play. You do have to, there's technical ways that you can access it quicker. Mm -hmm. And there are people who have a greater, um, what's the word, aptitude for accessing things quickly or, or being willing to play. For because sure. we get scared out of playing as adults. You know, we get mm -hmm. told that- the, You don't want to look silly. You, you don't know, wanna, yeah. yeah, the, wor your, the word, world of ego becomes greater and the world of imagination and play and innocence and sharing and joy right. be becomes diminished. And, uh, and that, that illusion of scarcity become, starts to grow. And, uh, and that's not, I'm not saying that's what everybody feels, but we know it's out there. Okay, so I started doing uh, community theater. Do you remember what your first show was? My very first show was... <laughs> I remember mine. Okay, I yeah. I was 12 okay. years old. So check this out, check this out. So I had a, I had a real... I love a well-done musical, mm -hmm. but I've never my, myself been a musical okay. kind that's, of that's guy. That's where I come from, yeah. And I can mm -hmm. sing. Mm -hmm. I've been singing. Yeah. I sang in the church in Chicago. You don't have a voice like that if you can't sing. So yeah. So at least so got to like, be able to hold a yeah, note. <laughs> yeah. So I, I knew I liked to sing. Mm -hmm. I knew that I wanted to be an actor. And I was asked to be a part of this musical review. Okay. And uh, it was the music of Candor and Ebb, the people who wrote Chicago mm -hmm. and Kiss of the Spider Woman, I believe, certain songs mm -hmm. like that. And it was a big musical production. And I have photos from it, which I can't find. And it's probably better <laughs> that I can't. <laughs> In a big, in big shiny suspenders, that and we, two guys, two girls, and we're like singing all the songs, <laughs> and like the 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 insecure part of myself was like, oh, people are going to see me doing this, and they're going to think this and that and stuff, and mm -hmm. you know, I was I was in the closet, and I was like mm -hmm. really scared and stuff like that, but I did it, and I had the most fun, and then my friends started coming, mm -hmm. and some of my teammates started coming to the mm -hmm. thing, and they were like, Mark, this. This is you, man. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to you got to do this. And I was like to have that reinforcement from people that I cared a great deal about my friends and stuff kind of gave me a little more of a boost. But my heart knew it already. Right. Um, they just have to match. Yeah. What's right. weird is our genius precedes our our conscience. Mm. We point ourselves in the direction of where we want to go or we feel something before we actually consciously feel it. And but. But sorry, sorry to interrupt. You. Yeah, go ahead. But to me, there's, there's also another thing in there. Those of us, and you know, you and I've been here for a long time. Mm -hmm. Those of us who who have stayed in, mm -hmm. let's just say more than ten years, and I believe mm -hmm. we've been here longer than mm -hmm. twenty. Both mm -hmm. of us is the thing that kept you there was knowing that you could, yes. and knowing that there's a possibility. Like yes. I always use this example. I'm not even going to name her name again. Another big 
actor filmmaker that we both know mm-hmm. <clears throat> was at my old office I used to have before I ever had this one mm-hmm. before she ever blew up yep and we were sitting talking and she's like man I might have to move back home blah blah blah, blah. shit ain't going good and by the time we were done she looked at me she said you know what I just have a feeling though yeah I'm I'm special like she yeah. said it like that and she is yeah <laughs> you know what I mean yeah and that's what's usually missing it's that belief I feel it other people would have been gave up you yeah. know what I'm saying? So I'm sorry. It's like this. If I could, if I could um, illustrate it in any way, I've always equivocated it to this low hum. Hmm. Because it's low when it starts, mm-hmm. and it keeps getting louder, but not unpleasant. It's like this vibration and hum that becomes a chord, that becomes more of a chord, hmm. that becomes starts to crescendo, and it's it's always there. And so even when I, because any actor worth their salt and some actors not worth their salt any person who's on this endeavor mm-hmm. will tell you that there are days weeks sometimes months, months <laughs> a year yes where you will begin to question yourself where mm-hmm. you're like am i the worst actor in this room mm. am i doing the right thing mm. what the hell have i done why am i here mm. How did I get on the street selling my boot? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay, not that. <laughs> but all the aforementioned, yeah. You know, you get to this point of true, truly, you're just kind of having a, you have this crisis. Right. And the only other people that can understand it are other artists, right. other actors. And I'm not talking about somebody who likes to talk about, you know, talk about, I'm an actor. Mm-hmm. I mean, people who enjoy playing make believe. You know, and trying to synchronize that with 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 uh, the the environment of commerce, mm-hmm. because the reality is, we can act anywhere, anytime. We literally could create a one man show, mm-hmm. do this and that, yada yada yada. We don't even have to be in Hollywood to do it. We no. could be, we could be in you could Albuquerque, you could shoot your own we could be at home, in Tallahassee, all that. We can be yes. anywhere. Yes. But the difference is, when you come here, you also have to understand, and I think we all do, it's not just that you want to act. You want to act and create a professional career that can support you so you can continue doing it. Anyone that says, it's not about, it's not about, you know, money for me. (laughs) They're lying. They're lying. (laughs) They are lying. Mm -hmm. It may not be for us that love to play make-believe. It's not, it's not at the forefront of our own conscience, conscience, excuse me. Um, but it is an element that we have, we must be aware of. Here's an interesting thing though. Like in the last couple of years, there's been a shift for me mm-hmm. where it used to be, I would write because I fucking need to write. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now I write because I got fucking bills to pay. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so you eventually mm-hmm. get to a point to where that thing you loved and you would do it for free. Mm-hmm. Once you start becoming somebody who makes money, you have to sustain that, mm-hmm. you know, and it becomes some. Sometimes I remember just a few months ago, I was telling my husband, I was like, God damn, like just the frustration of having to maintain. Now I got to do better than I did last year, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Even in my own head, from my own ego, that's right, you know, or the the reps that I have or whatever. You get to those top four agencies, they have expectations, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's a lot more pressure yeah. on you. You know, I know you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's, you know, this the the commerce side of this town is. You're as only as good as the last thing you did. Facts. And while that's not a truth in general, 
it is something by which the business majors and lawyers that run Hollywood currently adhere to. There are artists here, and then there are business people here. And the business people, some of them may have been actors, may be in the may mm-hmm. understand the artistic side of it. Most of them don't. What they understand is supply and demand. Right. That's why you see what so has many, worked before. Yes. must be what's going to work tomorrow. That's why you see you see the original film and then twenty thirty copies of it. Uh, you see the stars paired, 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 mm-hmm. paired, paired over and over. Same people, and then someone, one or two or four people, quote unquote, suddenly get the sh- the spotlight on right. them. Mind you, those people have probably been working for oh, decades yeah. yep. to like, <laughs> and now they have an opportunity to get seen in a, in a higher profile job. It, they're not new. Mm-hmm. They just happen to be new. And occasionally there are those people who are just new. Yeah. You know, yeah, every year here, there's three or four you know, or five of them. You know, yeah. and, and of those people that are new, some of them stay and some of them have their moment and they're gone. Yeah. And it's, you know, it depends on what your priority is, mm-hmm. depends on what you can stomach of the industry. It depends on your resilience, your, your mm-hmm. threshold for the metaphorical pain that is, you know, the ins and outs of this environment. And so, okay, I've gone way off. So I knew I wanted to be in the rant room. (laughs) That's right. So I, the community theater became repertory theater in Portland. Mm -hmm. That became local commercials and uh, films that came through, that were either not coming through town, but like films that were being made in town. So were you, did you get an agent there? Were you just, I had an agent, I had an agent in Portland and, uh, which is a good hub. It's a good hub. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was doing some theater up there. Mm -hmm. I ended up doing six degrees of separation, Miss Evers boys, Mm -hmm. also, you know, some really good stuff. An all African American death of a salesman, which really? is wonderful. Yeah, that would be dope. Yeah. But instead of casting me in the appropriate role as the younger brother, mm-hmm. they cast me as the older brother. Hmm. But I had, you think I look youngish now? I, back then, I looked like it's like I am Biff. No, he ain't Biff. Like, hold on, I gotta tell you a quick story. Yeah, I was doing this play. Um, God, it must have been ninety. I don't know. Four, mm-hmm. five, four, three, somewhere around there. Me and Coleman Domingo. Mm. Yeah, because you know we both grew up in San Francisco. Yeah, and so we were switching the role. I believe it was as is the the play by the guy mm-hmm. who dies of AIDS. Yep, and um, and we play the guy who died. Okay, and <laughs> I never forget. We'd be at rehearsal, and I would do it, and he would do it. I would do whatever, and I'd watch him, and I'd be like, Why am I? Doing this, and he got—he's like you. Got that voice. I sounded oh. like I was sixteen back then. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I looked like I was sixteen. <laughs> Coleman, Coleman's voice. Oh my is God. Incredible. Yeah. Like I've tried. I mean, my, my voice is my voice is, isn't bad. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad voice. Right. But when Coleman, yeah, speaks, there it is. His voice. This is just him. Yeah. He, just like talk, we, he talks in the back of the throat. Yeah. It's up there. Like we'll be hanging out and stuff, just mm-hmm. walking around. He's like. We're just talking. Like yeah. regular words are supposed to be coming out of our mouth. But when he speaks, it's like this thing. Yep. It's like this instrument. So, yeah, Coleman. I'm yeah, one- by the way, tell that bitch he ain't called me, by the way. <laughs> I ran into him at the Beale Street thing because yeah. Barry invited me to come. Yep. So I went to the private little screening. I gave him my card. He's like, oh, I'm going to call you, dude, brother. <laughs> my fucking call. Uh, just so you know, I know where you live, bitch. I know where you live. <laughs> but anyway, no, so I used, to always, yeah. I used to always make this joke about Coleman in comparison to me as an yep. actor I was like why am I here <laughs> you know what I mean this was he's just the voice alone he's amazing I and knew it I told him he was going to be a star I knew it that's a beautiful human being I remember you know the, the very first time I met Coleman <clears throat> mm-hmm. 
was in San Francisco. Okay. And it was... I did was, you live there for a minute? I didn't. I didn't. But I was frequently there because I worked for an airline. You, d- you did that commercial there too, didn't you? Yeah, I shot a Hallmark commercial yeah, there. I was yeah. up for that. Oh, okay. I was up for that. That's how I knew who you were. Okay. That's exactly how okay. I, knew. Yeah. I Yeah, that's what... People, yeah, so it was like me, you, people, and like six other dudes. It was people like, that it was, are friends of mine to yeah. this day, including you, Doug Spearman, mm-hmm. they, they all said, yeah, I was up for that. And yeah. like... That's one of those situations. I think that, I had three callbacks for that thing. That was a weird day. It was a weird day. <laughs> I rolled true. in. I did my my audition. I didn't have a cell phone because I didn't want to be like all those other right, LA right. people. And I almost missed the call, like the immediate callback. I got home and they said, can you come back? And mm. that was back in the day when it was out. Well, all auditions were in Santa Monica at 5 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> well, you had a beeper back then, though. I didn't. You didn't? Bring it with me. Okay. I had one when I was living in Portland with my agency there. I right. didn't even have a beeper. <laughs> so I'm like, hmm. Then my agent calls <clears throat> my house and like, <clears throat> Mark, you got to get back there immediately. you know. And I'm <clears throat> still at the same commercial agent and stuff. And he's like, and I'm like, okay, I'll go back. And I'm completely naive in, as to how this process <laughs> works. So I walk back in and, <clears throat> and uh, they had me do whatever. I can't even remember what they had me do. <clears throat> and I left again. Boy, they aired that thing forever. They aired that thing. <clears throat> and it turned out it being a, a job that it was a serial, wasn't it? Four other yeah, jobs. That's right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I got to travel. The first one was in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. The second one was. Because I auditioned in San Francisco. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You were yeah. living there at that time? I was still living there. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I, so I, I moved here in 96. Okay. I was here. I moved here in 99. Okay. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So uh, San Francisco was the first one. Mm-hmm. Second one was Norway. Oslo, Norway, and wow. Finsa, Norway. The third one was Calgary. Wow. And the fourth one was back in San Francisco. Mm. And that's where they it, where it ended. Wait, did it end in San Francisco or did it end in... No, San Francisco. Mm-hmm. That was the last one. Mm-hmm. And that was a wonderful time. They, it was so cool. I remember the uh, producer of it, Deborah Lothar. That's when he had his afro. To, he don't have his I, afro no more. Yeah. I, I've, I've, been, I've been thinking about growing it, but every time I start growing it out, then a roll comes up where I've had right. to cut it. And I have to keep my hair the same right now for something until right. I finish that, and then I can get back to, mm-hmm. to business. But um, yeah, it was one of those things where I was just happy and, and we're going with the flow. And there's something really key into that. Like mm-hmm. the things I'm thinking about lately are those things that I entered Los Angeles with you know, I took, I've taken some great acting classes. I've taken mm-hmm. some shitty acting classes. I've had some good experiences. I've mm-hmm. had some experiences that had yet to, a little bit left to be desired. Mm-hmm. And all of them are important because it helps you, helps you grow. Right. And so, but I remember walking into those kind of things and just. How did you finally get to LA though? Let me just ask you that before you jump in. There. I, oh yeah. So mm-hmm. I had an, I was going to move to Australia. Oh really? And uh, instead of Los Angeles, because mm-hmm. I had an, I had an ex who's now a friend of mine who mm-hmm. who didn't want me to feel resentment hmm. towards him. So he's like saying, "Hey, you got to check out Los Angeles." How did he really say? It? <clears throat> what was his accent? He said, <laughs> well, "Let me see if I, I, I might be able to do it." <laughs> That's why I knew it. So look. Let's see, Mark. I'd hate for you to move. To move. No, it's that's English. I can't do an Australian accent. It's it's no nasally. It's a little bit more It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. <laughs> I'm hard. Teasing, I'm teasing. Yeah. I can only say home. 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 <laughs> that's how they say it. Home. Anyway, he told me he was like, Look, I want you to move here, but I you gotta give yourself a chance because I don't want you to resent me. If, and you would have. And I would have. Yeah. I would have. Mm-hmm. And that's not fair. Mm-hmm. And we're friends to this day, mm-hmm. thankfully. And um but I drove we both drove down in my 
1987 Nissan Sentra that my dad gave me when he got a new car. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Dad. Okay, I got to ask you. Well, no, you were doing commercials by then, right? Before uh, you moved? No, before I moved here. Okay, no. okay. All right, then. Cause Nothing. I always ask, like, I asked this to, like, Sean Carter-Peterson and mm -hmm. Kareem, but mm -hmm. Kareem already lived here. And so I'm always like, how much money was in your bank when you moved here? Do you remember? The reason I ask this mm -hmm. is because people have uh, uh, high expectations of what they think they have to do before they come here. Yeah. The majority of us who've been here, we're like, dude, I came here with like sixteen hundred bucks or fifteen hundred, mm -hmm. two thousand. Very rarely do you have do you have anybody over five grand? No, very rarely. No, no. What I had was a job mm. waiting for me when I got here, okay. and I might have had a couple hundred dollars, sure, sure. you know, and I might have sent ahead some money to my friend, my buddy who became my housemate. He did six degrees of separation okay. with me. He was living over by Burbank Airport where I was working, mm -hmm. so I had a job. Right. But I didn't have much money at all. And I, I just say that because I want people to hear that. Yeah. You know. I had probably less than $1,000, maybe yeah. less than $600 mm -hmm. in my pocket because mm -hmm. I'd already had my rent paid, which was cheap. It was like, uh, I think my rent was like 400 bucks. Yeah, I think I time. paid 325 yeah. when I first <laughs> I was living in Burbank. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, but I drove my 1987 Nissan Sentra. I was surprised it made it. Not only did it make it, he, my dad gave me that car at 119, 117,000 miles. I drove it to 221,000 miles. Wow. Before it went bank. Yeah. Nope. You know, I, I donated it to the Society of the Blind, which That's is hilarious. you know great because it wasn't much to mm. look at. I'm going to be in trouble for saying that. But. No, no, no. It's um, um, But at least you did something positive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And they would actually tow it for me. I didn't have to pay for that. Right. Or they took it and just gave me a slip for mm -hmm. my taxes. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I came here and for the first year, it was just about me finding my friends that I knew, so mm -hmm. my, my basketball friends I could play basketball with. A tribe. You no, know, a tribe. The mm -hmm. people that I knew before from, from Oregon that happened to move down here mm -hmm. for a myriad of reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, I found my place to play basketball. <clears throat> I had my job. I had a couple friends already that were here and I just laid low and I ate a lot of Taco Bell and <laughs> Kentucky Fried yeah, Chicken. Get them, them doubles. <laughs> yeah, all the stuff that I don't mm -hmm. eat now. I right. ate a lot of it back then. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, just made myself feel at home. Mm. Once I felt at home, then it was like, okay, how do I find an agent? And I've always been, because my dad put the fear of God in me. He was a stage actor mm. in Chicago. And he Are basically, dad was? yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. And he put the fear of, God, of, of <clears throat> the acting God in front of me. He's like, you're going to have to always have a part-time job. You have to do this. You have to do that. He didn't say anything about me not achieving my goals. Right. He was just trying to make sure I had a means by which to continue to be here. Right. And I think I misinterpreted him the first time because he, he said the thing, you need to make sure you have a job to fall back on. Think when people hear that, yeah. I think some people misinterpret that. Yeah, that, they means, think, they that means go you're going to fail, so you better have a job right. that you can just do. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's not what it means. Yes. And that's not what it ever meant to me. Mm -hmm. What it means to me is to sustain. You need to have, yeah, you need to have a means to sustain yourself mm -hmm. whilst doing what we're doing. Right. And so I was working at the airport, working at Burbank Airport for United, ground crew, parking planes, pushing planes out, oh, cool. customer service. Mm -hmm. And I would see, you know, all sorts of celebrities come through and stuff. And I got I got like some mild acquaintances with certain actors. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got I talked to some cool people. I remember having a great conversation once with RuPaul. And then <laughs> like uh, I remember once we all saw Charlize Theron get in the first class. And I was just like, wow, not only is Charlize wonderful and beautiful, but like 
she like I'm in the same space as Charlize Theron. <laughs> I can do it. You know, yeah, one of those type of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and it, 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 I just worked. And then I remember being out one weekend at uh, Merrick's, Merrick's mm-hmm. Tex-Mex restaurant, mm-hmm. waiting for my table. And this beautiful woman walked up to me and she's like, hi, are you an actor? And I'm like, I mean, I, I'm here for that. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want to be. And I'm going to start taking classes. Mm-hmm. He's like, that's wonderful. My husband and I think you have an amazing look. And now. so Wait, wait. Don't this happen to everybody? Yeah. So there's two <laughs> things about that. I come from, I come from the family. Look at him. <laughs> yeah. I come from the family of my dad who put the fear of the acting guy to me. He said, you know, nobody's just going to walk up to you and give you something. Number two, half my family's Jamaican mm-hmm. and the other half are like, you know, from Chicago. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like side eye central. Right. Why are they looking? Why are they asking? <laughs> With them boys, why uh, not? No, 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 man. Me can't talk to him. No, that's trouble right there. I it's thought they were going to take yeah. me home, cut me into pieces. Uh-huh. But no, it was legitimate. I remember, I remember uh, taking their card, mm-hmm. and my my commercial agent, who's still my agent to this day, still your agent yeah, to this yeah, day. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's great. Wow. Um, John Pierce, man, at JPA. Are you still with JPA? I am still with JPA. Oh, my God. As long as I'm doing commercials, JPA <clears throat> will be my agency. Okay. You know, even even in the event that I become like Mark Anthony Samuel. Wait, wait, wait. That ain't you now? I'm, 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 I'm Mark Anthony Samuel, <laughs> but uh, you know what I'm saying. We're <laughs> ridiculous pronunciation of the Mark Anthony part. <laughs> you got to put um, some respect on it. Uh, yeah, I'm still gonna I'm still gonna roll with, with John because they they they've stood by me That's and good. and and so anyway they walked up to me and gave me the card. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said come by. John's like come by the office on Monday. I'm like okay man yeah whatever. And I came in I walked in the office and. I looked at their wall of talent. Mm-hmm. I recognized so many people on oh, that really? wall. Even the person answering the phones I'd seen in 10 commercials. What? And I was like, I went from being like, yeah, whatever, to like, ooh, I sure <laughs> hope they take me. Sure. <laughs> you know, it was, it was, it, it was, it it was stupid. You know, but he was always, he's very, he has a lot of integrity. He was mm-hmm. always direct with me. And it was a great introduction into right. it. And it got, got me in mm-hmm. to it in a more, in a more professional environment where things were popping, I could learn on set, I could mm-hmm. look at things, and that got me a little more comfortable, you know, mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I feel like I've been talking forever. I'm so, oh, okay. No, yeah, man. so uh, commercials became. Do you remember the. For, did we talk about the first one you booked? The first uh, commercial I yeah. booked? The Gap. It yeah. was for their Christmas campaign. Oh, that was a big one too. Yeah, and it yeah. was right before the Hallmark one. <clears throat> mm-hmm. That was, I was, uh, ta- I got a Taft Hartley on the, on the Gap mm-hmm. one. And then I was like, I don't know how I'm going to pay for my Screen Actors Guild membership. <laughs> and then I booked Hallmark. Funny. And I was like, oh, I'll pay for it with that. Exactly. There's something about <clears throat> when you're in the right place. And I, I don't mean to get all hippy dippy, but that's just part there, of my, part of my is, life culture. It's like, you know. I'm going to tell you, somebody who's been in hundreds of casting sessions as a producer now. Mm-hmm. There is there is a thing. And here's the biggest thing. You just said something. As soon as you said it, I went, that's why you got it. Here's why. And I bet you already know this, but you don't think about it. So like you're you're here in town, you know, you're you're doing your your work and then you drive back up back back to the home. 
Whenever you come here, you're coming here to do a job. So if your agent goes, hey, I got an audition for you, and you did your job earlier, you're, you're coming out of doing a job. Yeah. So you feel a different way yeah. than trying to get a job. Right. You, I see it when you walk in the door. I go, yeah. oh, he, he just booked up. Yeah. You know what I mean? He feels good about himself. Yep. He's comfortable with himself. Yep. You know what I mean? So that's why you can walk in those rooms. Yeah. Especially in commercials. You got to be really confident. Yeah. Yeah, you've got, they're selling an image. They're mm -hmm. selling an essence. And that could be if you're too locked in on the reality of life or, you right. know, distracted. Or if you're in the midst of artifice where your joy is manufactured or right. you're, you know, you're just not, you can be yourself. You may mm -hmm. not always be like, ah, you know, but <laughs> you, if you literally are doing okay, mm -hmm. you can walk in and be like, hey, man, what's up? Mm hmm be real mm -hmm. it'll still be fine yep. and that's even any casting bring use what is happening to you in whatever's happening in the 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 artificial scene created bring it to because that's how you can anchor yourself into a real place mm -hmm. instead of like man i have I'm coming down with a cold. I don't feel that great. Okay, <laughs> so the character also doesn't feel that great. Yeah. But you start from there. It doesn't mean you have to keep it like that. Mm -hmm. You just start from that reality because that's going to actually help. I'm hitting your microphone. Okay. It's going to help you move properly and honestly, I think, in that scene. There was a, something happened to me when I was younger. Cause I, I was doing commercials when I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. And I remember one of the first big ones I got was a TurboGrafx video game. Oh, that's so cool. And I was dancing in it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, brother got skills. Yep. So, so Trip, here was the funny thing. So, you know, in a commercial, they line you up. Hey, I'm Mark Anthony. Right, right, right. Hey, I'm, hey, I'm Hilliard Guest. Hey, I'm John. Hey, I'm Chris. Hey, I'm and he, the, the director went, what's your name? I said, Hilliard Guest. He goes, is that British? I go, I didn't even know it at the time. And I go, I think so. <laughs> right? We get into a conversation. Yep. Guess who got the job? You. Because we had the conversation. Yep. And I hated my name. Literally, a day or two before, I was telling um, somebody that I was thinking about changing my name. Oh, dude. And she was like, why would you do that? I was yeah. like, yeah. Hilliard Guest? I your grew up in the hood. I hated it your for name is years. Dope. I you're, hated it. Yeah, you're, you know? You got a good name. And But I remember standing there, hey, I'm, J hey, I'm John, hey, I'm Mark, hey, I'm Chris, hey, I'm Hilliard. He went, huh? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Say what now? <laughs> All of a sudden, and I was like, oh, my name has a little, I better use that shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I kept it. But, yeah, man. I mean, there's... Your name is almost like a smaller metaphor. That which we are is perfect. Mm. As who we are. Mm. The minute you landed in L.A., the minute you landed in New York, the minute you did the first day of, of the Shakespeare circuit mm -hmm. during the summer, who you are is exactly right. The problem, I think, that seems to arise is something becomes trendy. Oh, yeah. Or the hot button. Mm -hmm. And then society starts orient temporarily orienting itself toward that hot trend and then all the people especially if there's an underrepresented group in right. tv and film mm -hmm. they're like well you got you should be more like that we're trying to sell that can you mm -hmm. be that type mm -hmm. and they're still doing that but you can't be anybody else but you but yourself for sure and i was i was telling um sorry no, no. i was telling Sean Carter Peterson mm -hmm. when we did his interview mm -hmm. a couple weeks ago I was like, do you remember we had a conversation once where, because, you know, he has the afro mm -hmm. like you do, mm -hmm. or did, <clears throat> and I remember it was fucking, I don't know, 20 years ago we were having this conversation. I was like, you ever thought about cutting that? Because maybe it's like getting in the way and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, 
it's just kind of my thing. Well, that mm-hmm. became the thing, mm-hmm. as you know. Actually, we even mentioned mm-hmm. you guys like you, mm-hmm. Mark, and we listed, you know, Rob G. Like we're missing all these other people, mm-hmm. and we we're like everybody has that that style and that look. But it wasn't popular at one time. It was a clean no. cut yeah. look, and then it. I think I want to say your commercial did it though. It was it, one of them. It was definitely. Now look, I mean, you and I both know. Neither one of us, Sean, none of us can take credit for the Afro. The Afro mm-hmm. is a specific cultural intersection of... But it, we're not talking about the 1970s right. Afro, right. though. It's like right. a curly Afro. It's like a cute, right. you know, a looser thing. curl yeah. Afro. But it did have the same impact on a, on a very conservative... It wasn't even conservative. At the mm-hmm. time, I believe dreadlocks were still... It had edge to it, I think. That's yeah. What, you know. yeah, yeah. And my Afro was an accident. Like, really? I was trying to get dreads. Really? But... but I didn't know how to That's do hilarious. my own dreads, and they kept unspinning. <laughs> and so my hair was like unspun, That's you know, dreadlocky style. It just happened to be an afro, you know. I, I, it just what it was, what it was, you know. Um, but I didn't notice as many of those. I didn't notice that hairstyle at all, quite honestly, in commercials. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it wasn't me, because Sean had an afro too. Mm-hmm. It was just things move in a certain way, you know. There's commercials are trend, observe trends mm-hmm. and they try to stay in this this um <clears throat> for the most part in this and they area. try to be ahead of yeah. whatever's going on yeah. yeah or create something assign themselves to to a trend that's already out there and mm-hmm. say hey we got this in our commercial you see one break dancer in a commercial right. every commercial has a break dancer right. hip-hop you know was a cultural is a cultural phenomenon and but in in its inception it was the outsider music and the outsider mm-hmm. culture. But then all of a sudden, cut to years later, grandma's turning around saying, that's fresh. <laughs> now, that's dangerous for any type of, exactly. you know, on a bigger picture. <laughs> Hip hop doesn't need grandma saying it's, it's fresh. Right. But that's how commercials move. Mm-hmm. And that's how, that's how most of this moves. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just kind of like there's art and then there's trends. And it's all included. It's all part of it. Yeah, it's all pop and, culture. You know, yeah. you get it. You get in where you can get in, and hopefully, you have more to sh- more to show and Indeed. do. I remember I, an actor turned to me at that during that time and said, <clears throat> "Why do you think you book so much? Do you think it's your hair?" Really, that's funny. Yeah, they said that, and I stopped and I said, "That's why I probably book a lot of commercials right now." Hmm. I mean, I was I was self aware enough to say, "I'm sure that my hair is a trendy style that's that's useful in a lot of these commercials," mm-hmm. but. A lot of people have afros, you know. Sean had an interesting answer for that, too. And I asked him, what do you think the key? He he said he's done over 70 commercials. Mm -hmm. I was like, holy shit. Mm -hmm. I thought my 12 was a lot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? He's done way more than I have. It's crazy. And and, and you've probably done more, you know, other stuff and soaps and TV shows and all that stuff. Yeah. And movies. Yeah. And so, but here's the other thing. So he was saying he thinks, and he was just, I'm going to be honest, it might be light skin privilege. Hmm. And I was like, huh. But he said, but you also, I have figured out, because um, I was comparing him to like Kareem Grimes and some other people and like you. Right. And I said, one of the things I noticed about the three of y'all in particular is you guys have all, and we'll get into more, you know, scripted stuff that yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, um, All of you, I've noticed in the last five years, have gotten to the place where I don't see you acting anymore. I, and I want to know where you figure that out. Because here's the deal. I was telling Kareem this. I said, we all have a moment, mm-hmm. right? 
you know, you and I, we do theater, we do a yeah. bunch of stuff, right? Yeah. Oh, we used to. And so, so I had my moment when I was like 15 years old. I was doing West Side Story. Oh, that's so fortunate for you. It just, <laughs> so many ways. it happened and I just lost it. And I was, it allowed me to never be worried about people watching me or doing whatever yeah. I can. It was one yeah. of those moments. Kareem, for me, and I tell Kareem, I said, here's the moment that I saw it in you. We were doing, um, um, we were rehearsing for the movie we did of Troublesome. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you did the play mm-hmm. when we yep. did the play, right? Yep. And so we were rehearsing for the play and Gordon came over and touched him, was like, you know, who you are is who you are type mm-hmm. of thing. And he's like, all you need is you, whatever. And Kareem lost it, like, uh, like gone, mm-hmm. right? And ever since then, whenever we did it, and mm-hmm. when we were on the, sh- on the set, Every single time. As mm-hmm. soon as we got there, we had, you know, we got to do different angles, but yeah. didn't matter. Yeah. It was right there. And he was like, and he sat there and he just started crying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I knew no, I mean, I, you, know almost, you yeah. saw my eyes start yes. to get, yeah. It was beautiful. So I was like, yeah. I, I know that was one of your moments for him. Yeah. When you cross over to that thing and you give in. It's like yeah. that singer finally having that moment where they cry in the midst of the song. Yeah. You know, it's that, that type of a thing. I. I think you hit on something. There's, for me, it was the moment where the experience was leading me. Mm. I wasn't planning. I wasn't trying to show anything. Mm -hmm. I was just sitting there having an experience. And there's been variations of that reintroduced to me. Right. Because it doesn't stop. There's the first time I did Miss Evers' Boys, and there Mm -hmm. was this one time that Leslie Doquie uh, Robert Dokey's daughter, she was doing the play with me mm-hmm. and the late Robert Dokey, he was amazing. Um, and uh, she and I had a scene with each other. And it's after, after I'd been affected by syphilis and I was mm-hmm. a dancer, you know, and I used to dance and I, I'm, I'm, I'm up I'm there familiar. just trying to mm-hmm. like make my body move and, right. and, and she actually comes over to try to comfort me and mm. I stop her. And I looked at, we looked at each other. Mm. Mm. I love that moment. And the devastation, mm-hmm. the, just the, everything was true. It was real. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. When we, for lack of a better way of, 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 What's the word I'm looking for? Saying this. Mm-hmm. It's when the character's situation and problems and the humanity of the character and your humanity, the realization that it's the same person mm-hmm. and it's the same moment. There is no, you're not playing anybody. You're you in this situation. Right. And and you've done your homework and maybe... For me, it took used to take a lot of runs to where mm-hmm. I understood. Sure, but you can dial in. There's mm-hmm. techniques that can help you dial into something. Mm-hmm. And it's when you finally get to that place where it's like, I'm going through this, or I'm having this happen, mm-hmm. or this is happening to me. Because mm-hmm. that's all there is is you. It's not you playing <laughs> so and so. It's you in these situations. In this situation, your name is this. In this time period, it's you. In this time period, these mm-hmm. are the rules of this world. Mm-hmm. And whatever exercises you do to kind of 
deep make yourself more deeply ingrained in that world it dials you in it mm. drops you in and if you're if you're honestly in that moment mm -hmm. everything you do is honest and true and you can't plan it right. the scene happens to you the situation happens to you now when they call cut you have to have an exit strategy of course some actors don't and mm -hmm. i think i didn't when i was younger but mm -hmm. i've since learned how to have an exit strategy because right. if you're really doing it right it can be harsh yes. it can be hard on you it can mm -hmm. be mentally physically hard on you mm -hmm. so you know i start a role i'm like this is my life i finish a role i go i'm glad that's not my life mm, interesting you know and everything yeah. in between is, is yeah, you know you don't bring it home is work is getting in there you know yeah i was i was interviewing my friend tomar he's one of the um he's in hamilton and, yeah. and i was telling him i was like he's like don't you ever miss acting i was like I only miss it when I come see you in fucking Hamilton or some shit. Mm -hmm. Like, and I miss, I would love to play, you know, Aaron Burr or some yeah. shit. Yeah. That's when I miss it. But otherwise, I don't because you said you came here in my office and I'm up on my feet when I'm acting. I'm like playing. I'm like, yep. you know, really doing it. So I feel like I'm still doing it. And you also have a million, a million hats yeah, that oh you God. wear. So, <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah. if you make space for it, I'm sure you'll, you'll love it and execute beautifully but yeah you're a busy I, can, man. I feel like i would only want to do it if i could sing in something maybe dance a little bit but yeah. it, it would be like a broadway show it would like something like that would make me go mm, maybe I you can do probably <laughs> like a musical review with sparkly <laughs> suspenders <laughs> <laughs> um let's talk about um so you were doing a lot of commercials what, what do you remember what the first thing you did that that there was a um like a tv show or a movie or something the very first show i ever did <clears throat> was a now uh, was a immediately canceled uh <laughs> done those two <laughs> sitcom primetime sitcom called three sisters it was on nbc mm -hmm. and it starred diane cannon and there was a myriad of like frequently used sitcom stars mm -hmm. that were on it and i i've I unfortunately can't remember everyone's okay. names right now, but Diane Cannon, I do remember. Right. And uh, I remember that, uh, oh my gosh, why am I forgetting his name? Blonde haired guy, comedian, really funny. He used to be in everything. Oh man, hold on. He used to be on news radio. Oh, wait a minute. That uh, sounds familiar. Hold on mm. a second. Well, anyway, I, I, I'm not going to, it'll come to me okay. in a second. But. I remember this actor had something happen, like he injured himself, mm -hmm. and it was supposed to be, originally it would have been written as as a guest star. It would have been my very first guest star. Mm -hmm. I didn't know the difference between guest star and co-star. Mm -hmm. I didn't care. I was going to be on TV. Mm -hmm. And it was because a friend, I didn't even have an agent at this point, mm -hmm. a friend of a friend, a friend, my friend had a friend who was a casting director. Mm -hmm. And he said, hey, my friend wants to act. And he's really good and da 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 da. So she was willing to take a meeting with me. Wow. So I went into her office mm -hmm. and we read the read the thing. And I'm still in my playful state, so I'm not like getting caught up on am I doing it right? What do you right. want? I'm just like, this is how I do it. Yeah, there's you know? something to the innocent. Yeah. 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 And it worked. Mm -hmm. And uh to play a character named Walt, who was like <laughs> uh the PA for this show that one of the main characters was doing. I was mm -hmm. her assistant. I was her assistant. And uh, 
And uh, so I'm doing this thing and we shot part of it. And then the star had an injury mm. and he couldn't do it. And so for two weeks, I was on hold. Mm. Nice little hold, Jackson. My <laughs> gosh. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. I, I, I made a lot of money. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Where are my 10%? Um, Where my you, pimp fees at? Oh, I could have sworn you got it, man. We're gonna have, <laughs> I'm gonna send my dudes to come. <laughs> let me get a time machine. We'll work it right out. Um, no, um, so um, I did it. Then there was a studio audience, mm-hmm. and I, I was adrenalized. It was like being on stage. Oh, yeah. And I looked and back. They changed all your lines this yeah, morning. Yeah, they? they did. They did a last minute change, <clears throat> and I was green, so they made it a co-star. Mm-hmm. Um, and I look at it now just like oh, <laughs> so awful but it was it was so cool you know and it was like how fortunate how lucky i got to be able to do that um but yeah it was it was <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, i would have done I've done a lot of things differently now on that um but yeah it was cool that was my very first job and that show didn't last and that was just my introduction to you know how things go right. some things work some things don't some things are short lived some mm-hmm last a long time and no one knows why it just it's what it is i do that in interviews sometimes like even that interview we're talking about in voyage right now is mm-hmm. there's something in there where i'm like god i would have never said that right now he just caught me in the middle of something you know whatever it is yeah and it's like um you're gonna keep doing that yep. you know throughout your life like just like going oh you know oh i would never show that or whatever like the first movie that i ever wrote I would never show it to anybody. Yep. And mainly, and I'm not afraid to say it because the motherfuckers fucked it up. Um, <laughs> mainly it's because I wrote a 90, 92 page script and they ended up shooting a 120 page script. The director came in and was like, ooh, what about this? What about this? So you know what he oh. did? He slowed my pace down. Okay. So when we went to see the screening, I was like, oh shit. Yeah. It don't look bad, yeah. but why is it taking so long to get to this moment? Right, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So I right. was like, cute little horror movie, whatever. They sold it. Mm-hmm. I got the producer credit, yep. whatever. Boom. Yep. You know what I mean? Sometimes you throw them away. That thing that you, you just reminded me of something. That thing where you do your first whatever mm-hmm. and you're excited about it and you think all the stuff you did. In your case, all the way you wrote it. Mm -hmm. For me, how many scenes I may have shot. Mm -hmm. And then it gets edited. (laughs) It gets shown. And then you see what it ended up being. And those are two different worlds sometimes. Mm -hmm. And the very first time you see that happen, it could be be like traumatic. I've been edited out, credited with. Mm. You could hear my voice in the background of, (laughs) but never showed up on screen. It usually happens in movies more. I yeah, think. it happens yeah. more in movies, right. but it happened on this. Was a, my, I did like a few co-stars because you mm-hmm. know it's, it helps to do co-stars to get you kind of get you so you understand better. Yeah. And um, it was a co-star with a really cool actor, Kyle McLaughlin mm-hmm. from from Dune, mm-hmm. the original Dune, and uh, we had great conversation because we were directed by the same director who directed me in Miss Evers' Boys and in Six Degrees of Separation had mm-hmm. directed him down in Ashland, mm-hmm. and we were talking about him and stuff. Um, but we were shooting our stuff together and the role, what was the role was called black man. <laughs> that was the role. That was the, I can't get away with that now. You can't no, get away with no, that. No, that's yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't even try it. Yeah. Try yeah. It. That's, but that's what it was. And, uh, 
And I remember sitting sitting down with friends. Oh, my scene's coming up. <laughs> Not see. I was like, uh, where? But I was in the credits. I'm wow. like, it was the weirdest. Y'all didn't thing. hear me at three minutes in. I yeah, said, yeah. yeah, it was the weirdest <laughs> thing. And so you know, you just learned that there's in order to tell stories, there's certain things that have to get cut, certain things that have to move a certain yep. way. It's, some things become su- superfluous or like you know just excessive or. I was I was I was really lucky when 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 I would do co or guest spots on anything I would always it's not I'm not saying they saved everything mm-hmm. but I would always make it to the screen in some way and I knew it I wonder if that's why I'm a good writer now is I I had a feeling when I read the auditions for the things I was like oh they can't cut this yeah because even though I don't know what else happens here mm-hmm. This is important to something. There's something here. Even I'm playing some gang member or whatever. Right. But no, this is important because the main character, he's the one who beats up the kid. Yeah, you're you know observing I mean? story. Yeah, I'm like, I'm the incident here. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I was always in that knowledge of it. Um, let's talk about, um, I want to jump just a little bit. Yeah. To, um, so you've been here since what year? What year? 99. 99, okay. So you got here in 99. Um it's been a long journey. Like I've watched you star in commercials and I've watched you still work, you know, and be a bartender. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I've watched you star in soaps mm-hmm. and I've watched you see all kinds of things. You were talking earlier about your father had said something about um, um, have that backup plan. Yeah. Have something to fall back on. What's it like for somebody? I've been really blessed. I'm not even going to deny it. I've been here since 96. Mm-hmm. And have been blessed except for the first year, year and a half that I was here, mm-hmm. I'd never worked a nine to five, a regular mm-hmm. nine to five. Yeah. <clears throat> and I won't deny it. Some of it has to do with my husband, mm-hmm. you know, going, you do you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And some of it is me hustling, yeah. right? Now, what's it like for you to know a year ago I was on TV mm-hmm. and now I'm back bartending again? Well, how does that feel? I'm just, I'm really speaking for the audience. So. Um, you know, it really depends on on certain things. Mm-hmm. I I think the younger me might have had a harder time with it, mm-hmm. being able to, but I did it. Um, having people always question, well, wait, right? Why are you working here? Because I see you in this and that mm-hmm. and this and that. And you know, sometimes it was because my money was going towards real something I own, mm-hmm. co-owned, and it cost a lot of money. Right. You know, because the perspective is mm-hmm. you must be right. Whatever. There's this. There's this. <clears throat> idea that if you're on TV, you're automatically a millionaire. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and that's a falsehood. So not true. It hasn't been that for a long time. Mm-hmm. If you're doing commercials now, you have to do probably 10, 15 commercials in a year Crazy. in order to have a fantastic year or right. do the right commercials that run all the time. Right. Network specifically, right. schedule A mm-hmm. network and not cable, mm-hmm. not internet commercials regional. now, re- or regional, <laughs> exactly. or, or what's called uh, wild spotting it, uh, where they'll run it a lot in a specific time, but they don't have to fee. pay you anymore. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of ways that you don't get paid, right. but that benefit, you know, producers mm-hmm. and, 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 and whatever, you know, it's what it is. This is part of the business. But I think no matter what the job is, I think there's just been this perception because back a long time ago, there used to be only three networks. Right. You know, ABC, CBS, and NBC. And if you got a commercial on one of those and it ran all the time, mm-hmm. yes, you were making well enough to buy a house mm-hmm. because there was nowhere else to show those commercials. Yep. Nowhere. 
And and you got all the football, you got, you got the Oscars, you exactly, got the you just happen to exactly, be in the right place exactly. at the right time. But yeah. now you have you have internet channels, you have Netflix, you have Hulu, you have you have wild spotting, mm-hmm. you have cable mm-hmm. and and you know, not to sp- our unions doing what they can, but the, at, there was a point at which they could have done better mm-hmm. and we and we reaped what we sowed. <clears throat> yep. and, or didn't reap what we didn't sow. Right. And so now you know, people have this idea that celebrity equals money. And in some cases it does. Mm-hmm. But. It's because what we promote is the success part. Mm-hmm. Nobody's on there going, guys, mm-hmm. I'm not feeling like, you know, my last job. What Nobody's doing that. They're going, no. hey, guys, look at me on the set. Right. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Well, oh, yeah. Social media mm-hmm. also creates, it, it basically furthers that, that, uh, that illusion that, mm-hmm. you know, I'm successful. Right. And if you're Perception. outside of the industry, mm-hmm. you know, and honestly, success can be defined many ways. Right. Some people think equivocated to money. Others are opportunity. Right. Others simply, you know, they, they claim victories in everything. Mm-hmm. I wasn't able to do this and now I'm doing this more. Right. And social media only tells half of a story anyway. If we were to really look at anyone's life based on social media, we're all doing amazingly. And <laughs> exactly. there was never a pandemic <laughs> right. and no one ever dies. Yeah, people only post you the know, best exactly, photos. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Everybody's do-kissed and, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I know that person's 90, but he, he looks 25. I don't know what's going on, you know, so it's like, so. <laughs> and then he put no filter, no good, yeah, yeah it's a filter, yeah. bitch, it's a filter. Critical thinking, <laughs> critical thinking. I'm a, I'm a big, big mm-hmm. proponent for critical thinking. Mm-hmm. We, we can look at a situation and think, okay, this is happening, but I know my friend was having trouble a couple months ago, mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean that it's all one thing or all the other thing. It's, it's not even about being rich. It's about being able to have the, the opportunity and privilege to continue doing what it is you love. Right. And just because you're on TV doesn't make it mean you're making a lot of money. And just because you're not doesn't mean you're not making a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, that's the facts. And see, that's the thing that most people don't understand. <clears throat> like what I was trying to say in that article was... I've been able to succeed on the outside of Hollywood all these years. Mm-hmm. Three years ago, I mm-hmm. got on a big network show yep. at a lower level, mm-hmm. intentional. Mm-hmm. My agents were like, why are you doing that? You're already doing this thing. I was like, because I need the network name, Yep. right? And it'll allow me to produce for these other things. And that's kind of what happened. <clears throat> and But now I'm burnt from doing that. So I'm like, put me back on the show again. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? The problem is they only remember where you were. Yes. You know, yeah, it'd be the, like if you hadn't acted in years, they'd be like, well, the last thing we saw you in was a co-star, so, so you can't be you a guest be. star. Exactly. You know what I mean? I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> that, that is less about the actor themselves or the person that's that's on the endeavor mm-hmm. and the business the supply and supply and demand kind of business and lawyer mentality of this, mm-hmm. of this, uh, of, of the art meets commerce, Los Angeles right. or New York, wherever you are is they don't, it's not critical thinking, it's I just need to go based on what I know. What, right. what, what, can, I, what can I look at that's as close to tangible as possible? Well, this person has a bunch of co-stars. We know they're good at co-stars, mm-hmm. let's put them in a co-star. Yeah, and look. You get caught up in that too. Yeah, and there's mm-hmm. two ways you can look at it. You can say, all right, well I'll do my co-star, but I'm gonna be the best co-star I possibly mm-hmm. can be and from that could come other opportunity mm-hmm. or 
The other thing, and this is just as powerful, and I don't, I think because of that scarcity mentality, we don't employ this, and people really should employ it more often. I do. Mm-hmm. Is no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, you say no. I'm going yeah. to stop doing that, and I may temporarily take a hit, but it's not me saying no and not keeping working on my mm-hmm. stuff. You know, there's a lot of actors here who, a lot of us. You haven't seen the best of our work. Yeah, for sure. You haven't. Yeah. And there's some actors who are better than a lot of people we see on TV every day, consistently. Better than the people that are constantly booked mm-hmm. that you may never, ever see. Yeah. It's an intersection of a bunch of things. It's not just being the best person in the room. The best person in the room doesn't always get the job. For sure. The worst person in the room could possibly get the job if they look enough like what they're looking for and mm-hmm. they can be directed. Um. You know, so critical thinking. We just let me let, let, let's pivot just a little bit to how you got on the soap. Mm. And are you still on? I'm still employed by yeah. ABC, Walt Disney Television, okay. but my character has been. I was on contract for a couple of years. Originally, it was supposed to be a four year contract, mm-hmm. but they, as I found out, is customary in some cases. Mm-hmm. They will hold on to you for four years, but not give you that four-year contract. So I became recurring. Mm -hmm. And in the process of being recurring, I was still on the same schedule as my contract, but that saves them money because at a certain level, they don't have to upgrade my contract, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So I've been on that show since technically since- It's been like 10 years, isn't it? 2012. 2012. So nine years. It wow. will be. It will be ten years next year. If I if I appear on another episode yeah. or not. I mean, we'll see. Yeah. I don't. Anytime I've left. Well, they could kill y'all and bring you right back. Honestly, just like yeah, death doesn't work on soap operas. <laughs> it just depends on what they need for the story. And look, mm-hmm. I have a good time when I'm there, but mm-hmm. I I have no delusions of or about anything. Yeah. Um, if. After after I perform, I always say, it's been wonderful, mm-hmm. and I move on. Thankfully, I do other things. Right. Thankfully, I've been able to be cast in other things. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been on it for a while, and but the capacity in which I've been on the show, mm-hmm. I'm not assigned to it as much as some other people yeah. may be assigned to it. Right. You can go off and do a movie. I can literally go off right. and do a movie. Mm-hmm. I don't have to check in with, mm-hmm. with the mouse at any point. You know. Do they? How, how big of an advance do they give you if they're bringing you back? Oh, they've, they've given me as much advance as a couple of weeks, up okay. to a week, up to a few really? days. Ooh. Yeah, and it's... Look, one thing I will... I am so grateful to General Hospital for is that the combination of being in class with the pace at which soap operas move, mm-hmm. I've gained a, a lot. I've gained alacrity. I can actually not just look at something, and I don't. It's not even memorization now. Mm-hmm. It's actually being able to drop into it. I've been this character for enough. I know who he is, right. and I can look at dialogue, whether it's a lot or a little, mm-hmm. and I can look, and I can get familiar with it immediately and then I can drop into it much quicker than I ever have which mm. has helped me on every other form like movies prime time mm-hmm. all that stuff you feel like you have millions of years to like work right. on your stuff right. and that's just one day hmm. the pace at which daytime moves is so much quicker and then you know incorporating all the stuff where you're dropped into it mm-hmm. 
that's those two things have been hugely valuable is, to me. Is there a trick to learning your line so fast on on, on the soap with that pace? Are, are you guys working together, like trying to yeah, get it? We, or like, well, you work you? on it mostly by yourself, mm-hmm. and then you <clears> do get to the you get to the studio, and you have an opportunity to work with the other actors in the green room. Right. Nobody, I don't think it's. I come from a school of belief that you don't tell other people how they should have their process. Everyone has their own process and you come to the work together. No other actor should direct another actor on Mm -hmm. what to do, where to look. That's just poor form. And there are actors who who attempt that, you know, and, (laughs) and, you know, and instead of, you know, telling them to fuck off, you listen, you thank them for their input, mm-hmm. and then you go about what you need to do for yourself. <laughs> That's just what, yeah. what it There's is. There's an etiquette. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're not trying to create bad blood. You just understand that that person might lack the etiquette mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Right. Uh, I'm not going to go into more detail than that. <laughs> um, but I will say, you know, there's. I wouldn't say it's a trick. Mm-hmm. I but if I get if I were to like do a quick view of it, I'd say we think in pictures, and by which I mean we think in terms of experiences, mm-hmm. which are basically our imagination. So once you start connecting your imagination to the text, and you actually take a minute, mm-hmm. connect everything here. It's because it's less about what's being said and about what what happened, right. what's happening, cause and effect what you think about what's happening mm-hmm. and that binds you to the words there's a process that we use in our class at stuart rogers studios i'm mm-hmm. dropping the name so what that's where i study <laughs> yeah um but uh there's a process that we call circling the lines mm. and it helps you to drop in quicker and it helps you to understand but we do a lot of imagination work there mm-hmm. i won't say any more than that mm-hmm. you if you're interested in that go check out talk to stuart he'll tell you all about it mm-hmm. but it's uh that's the process right. and it's less of a trick and more of a more of a mainlining form of dropping in mm. and you get connected to the words immediately well, I, was, I was listening to um just recently because i was interviewing my dude aaron rasan thomas from mm-hmm. um swat mm-hmm. and so i wanted to just see like any behind the scenes stuff on it. it's just who i am and I started looking, going down a rabbit hole with Shamar, you know, because I grew up with Shamar too. Mm-hmm. And so that's a, I was ni- like, that's a, that's mm-hmm. a nice guy. Oh, so cool. Sh- so Shamar's cool. Still, he's still pretty much the same cat to me that I remember when I was a teenager. You know, that brother you- met me once mm-hmm. briefly. Mm-hmm. And when I came to do Criminal Minds when he was still on right. it, he's like, hey, man. And he remembered everything. I'm like, word? <laughs> Shamar Moore and I are best friends? I mean, I mean he was just, he's, he's, he's a consummate. But, but he was talking about how, there was several things he got out of doing the soap. Mm-hmm. That repetition is one thing. Mm-hmm. The other thing was he can't even watch himself the first two years mm-hmm. because of what you were just talking about. Yep. Like you just see how green you were and like yeah. all that stuff like that. But but eventually he hit that mark. Yeah. Eventually he understood. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like you you start fixing a car. Next thing you know, you know how to do an engine. Yeah. You just it just becomes easier. Yep. You know. And uh, yeah. And ahead. that thing we just talked about. It's less about you repeating a situation mm-hmm. and understanding this is happening to you. Right. Once you make that turn of of screening it versus having an objective mm-hmm. point of view on it. Instead of a sub- subjective point of view, I keep hitting your mic. It's okay. Because um, <clears throat> the mic keeps looking at me wrong. No, um, <laughs> so, the mic uh, sounds nice, yeah, check. Yeah. <laughs> um, but once you do that, then it's like, oh, 
that also helps because that helps your imagination. Right. It helps, you know, the binding process between the text and the experience. Mm-hmm. It's no longer just, oh no, it is raining outside. We should find an umbrella. It's like <laughs> rock, rock to the planet. Fuck. Rock. It's, you know, it's raining. I, what, it, what does it mean that it's raining? Right. You know, et cetera, et cetera. Understood. Um, so let me ask you a question. So we were starting to talk about this offline. Yeah. Um, and we still were going to talk about something. We were talking about light skin privilege. Oh, why don't we do that first? Okay. So I was reading this <laughs> really interesting article about the privilege of light skin versus dark skin, about, mm-hmm. about certain actors being cast in certain types of projects because of their dark skin. Mm-hmm. I was watching a thing on YouTube about okay. it versus what projects that light skin men versus light skin women. This is a whole complex thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this folks, is a real thing, y'all. folks out there, if you don't know, <laughs> the United States <laughs> was founded on a lot of things and some things have more benefited certain people more than others. Yeah. And there have been adverse effects of the field and the house things, mm-hmm. or just even like the process of colonialism and how it mm-hmm. relates to uh, divide and conquer techniques mm-hmm. and et cetera, et cetera. So we have a lot of things to work on that we're not going to solve right now. But as it relates <laughs> hold on, hold on. to, I got the, I got the key. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we solved it. I had no idea we were going to solve it that right, quick. Right. Wow. And boom. It's done. <laughs> okay. So it's funny. And it's also funny for, for like, I imagine for you and me, mm-hmm. where I've always felt, and I don't know if you feel like, I've always felt like I was middle of the road brown. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I say caramel, but yeah. Caramel, that yeah. Is, yeah. So it's like- and We're pretty close. We're yeah, pretty close. so it's like, in some situations, you may appear, quote light, unquote, yes. light skin. And I've been situ- called high yellow. I'm like, I'm high yellow? I, someone called okay. me light skin, yeah. and I was like, who are you ta- what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm not light skin. And so it's all, re- it's relative and it's a dangerous thing. To, mm-hmm. It's actually a dangerous thing to start entering into. Mm-hmm. Black people, we, black Americans, we're a combination of many things. As All shades of that so, rainbow. So yeah, we come yes. in different colors, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, when you have la- a lack of brown people, mm-hmm. black people, people of color, women, gay people, dark skinned people, what have you, Mm -hmm. in the writer's rooms, in the production rooms, at the table, telling our stories, you're going to get a convoluted mess Hmm. in terms of representation, or in terms of telling stories, or in terms of understanding, you know? Um, Well, Well, part of the reason of that, and this might be a sidebar, is... For example, they might staff me on a show about a hip-hop thing in New York. Mm-hmm. I ain't from New York. Exactly. I understand hip-hop, right. but it's a little different. Tell right. me about Too Short and E-40, right. I could give you some game. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And so that's what I'm saying. But they think because you're the black guy, you would know. But they don't realize where you're from right. is different, too. Right. But go ahead. There's a major difference that's happening right now um, is that we're getting at the table. Mm-hmm. And a variety of experiences are happening. You know, right. I'm... My people are from Chicago, from slash Jamaica, mm-hmm. slash what have you, the South. There's a bunch, a myriad out of myriad of experiences there that someone from Senegal don't doesn't have. Fact. We may have similar color skin, mm-hmm. but skin does not denote a similar experience. Right. An Italian and an Irish person, they both have 
Caucasoid features, mm -hmm. but their experiences are not the same. Right. You know, uh, a white South African that has a Dutch last name and an actual Dutch person mm -hmm. don't have the same experience, even though they have two A's in their last name <laughs> or whatever. So we have to kind of look at people as individuals. And now what I find is happening is because we get enough people at the table, we don't have enough people at the table, by the way. I'm just saying, we're getting more people at the table. More people at the table. We're getting a different variety of experiences and we're getting into some of the minutia that affect people. Well, we're starting to see nuance. With nuances, yeah. Yeah, and yeah nuance. Yeah. And that's so important. Mm -hmm. You know, not every, <laughs> like <laughs> every casting description. He's very street because every black person is from the street. Exactly. Not every black person is from the street. <laughs> There's a difference between that of a city dweller yes. and a person who grows up on the farm. Mm -hmm. You know, a white person and a black person growing up on the farm may have more in common with each other than a, yep. you know, a black person from the city and a black mm -hmm. person from the country. Mm -hmm. it, so when you have more people telling their stories, we have an opportunity to see the, the nuance. Well, what, what, one of the things that I do, because especially in the last two or three years, the climate has changed. Mm -hmm. Well, specifically since George Floyd, the last year and a half, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So what, what, what me and my, my producing partner do now, so if we're brought in, like we're brought in on projects, for example, especially historical stuff. Yep. Usually somebody white has started this process and they're like, er, you can't do this without somebody black. Right. Let's bring in some other black writers. That's right. So then we get the call, we come in, we pitch what we would do, and they go, great. Mm -hmm. And we go, great, we're getting rid of this whole thing. So it might be like there was one little thing we were doing recently where there was a black woman in the, it's based on a book. And in the book, the black woman lived in like the projects in Detroit mm -hmm. <clears throat> with her son. And yep. of course, the way he describes it is like, but as soon as we go to the white people, of course, it's not quite like that. Mm -hmm. And so <laughs> we literally changed all this stuff so that, and you know from Chicago, I'm mm -hmm. sure you've been in some of those projects. Yeah. Some of those projects have some nice shit. Yeah. Because it's what we have. Yeah. Right? And some people just want to be around their people, mm -hmm. even though they might be a doctor or whatever the fuck, they might be just be on the top floor yep. with the view. Yep. Right? So I was like, no, she ain't going to have a place that looks like the a shanty town mm -hmm. it's gonna be like the place where you know it's the 80s motherfuckers got the the plastic on the thing you <laughs> don't fucking be jerry Crow. it's gotta right. be black yeah you know what i mean it's nice yeah so i so we totally <laughs> so that's the things that we're doing adding the nuance right into those things so that it feels much more like how we would do yep you know what i mean we have to understand like you know <laughs> black is everything mm-hmm I would think I should get a T-shirt. <laughs> um, I'm sure there's something that says that you somewhere. Know? Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, it's on Etsy. <laughs> if it's not dibs, um, yeah. So I mean, not every experience of every human being is the same, and I think as long as we honor that and consider that, mm -hmm. we're starting out on the right foot. Right. Also, if you're telling a story about Afro Americans or Afro Latinos or Afro-Canadians or Afro-Europeans have the people you're writing the story about in the room and don't just have one, have several from different mm -hmm. economic, socioeconomic strata yeah. because they're all going to tell you something different or, or introduce you to something you may not know. Secondly, I think there's a case for like less looking towards our European brethren and, and sostren mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> listen to me um to get their green light i think the reason we look at look to them for the green light is because let's face it 
they got their foot in the door before mm-hmm. we got our foot in the door. Yeah. And some of them are the are the gate holder, key holders mm-hmm. to certain things. So we do have to run certain things through them if we've had to in the past in order to get it seen on a larger scale. But there's something to be said about the Tyler Perry's and the people who mm-hmm. have just said, nope, I'm going to open my own studio, right. you know, and I'm going to do this. I'm going to do me. I'm going to tell. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's beautiful. And we need more of that. Are you taking a picture? Keep going. Okay. Well, I, I want to be cool when you take the picture. <laughs> so I feel like we have to look more towards ourselves, you know, and less toward they're going to do it for me. Right. They're not, they're not, it's not a conscious situation in all the cases that they don't want to help. They don't know how you look. You don't ask a pizza guy to make you a delicious burger. What? You know? I mean, unless you want a pizza burger, <laughs> which sell. also sounds delicious. It's probably on Etsy. <laughs> if it's know, not you dibs. Know, you know they got a pizza burger. Yeah, pizza burger. That does sound good, though. I'm actually hungry. But that is that is an aside. I'm getting distracted. But our whole conversation that we're going to talk about, right. we're going to talk about the privilege associated with the color scale. Right. Now, I mean, I'm just one man, but here's my perspective on oh, it. Yeah. White people came over. They feel more comfortable with that which looks more like them. Mm-hmm. It's what they know. It's what they know. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been there's been a horrible uh, byproduct of colonialism called the color scale. Mm-hmm. You know, the more Eurocentric your features, the more beautiful you are considered. Yep. It's especially harmful to women. I think it's harmful to harmful to all of us. Mm-hmm. But it's really harmful to women. The history from whence it came is 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 frightening and horrifying. Um, it's adversely affected a lot of people's sense of self, mm. their sense of beauty, mm-hmm. their sense of belonging. Right. It's created divisions within our community. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, a light-skinned human being that. Inside, they know they're black, and they know they're educated about who, where they come from. They know why they look the way they do, mm-hmm. but they they love their people. And then to have somebody, white or black, look at them and go, "You're this because right. you look that way. You, you ain't that enough, right? right. You're not black enough." Right. It doesn't even come necessarily just in the form of if our skin tone. Mm-hmm. If you speak English in a particular way, mm-hmm. there are communities which have been mistrained right. to believe that if you pursue education or you try to be you try to understand I grew up your world me too yeah. me too yeah. that you are trying to be white yeah. which it's not I, cool to be smart it's not cool to be smart or why are you talking white what the white? fuck is that about like, how is English just white English yeah. is a language that's used internationally mm-hmm. it's the language of money right now it's the right. language of, of of culture you know it's not just one it's one one culture but it's like English we, is the way you get things communicated we, right now. My family, I was talking about we moved, you know, mm-hmm. from, 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 we actually moved, we lived in Detroit, then we moved to, to Brooklyn, and mm-hmm. then we moved to California. Mm-hmm. When we moved to EPA, yeah. East Palo, it was literally, we were like, well, gee, Dad, we were straight out of the Brady Bunch. Right. So you can imagine these five black kids moving into that neighborhood. Yeah. We had to be some tough motherfuckers in the next year or so. That's right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's right. People ask me, like, how in the world did I go through all these things? But like, people would not fuck with me because I had to show. Yeah, dude. You yeah. had to. You sometimes know, you lash yourself. out. It's, you sometimes you you let to. people know. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it twists your brain so much. It's abhorrent. It's wrong. It's stupid that you can't sit comfortably and in yourself and be joyful and happy right. and accepted in the world as you are. 
that's a crime. Mm -hmm. And there are people who say, he doesn't talk this enough. He doesn't act this enough. For who? It's their it's <laughs> right. their deficit, right. but we suffer. A lot of people suffer at the hands of other people's deficits because they lack the experience mm-hmm. or lack the critical thinking or lack the understanding to say, no, that's the combination here. He's this, that, and the other thing, and that's his truth. Mm-hmm. Who am I to say that's wrong or right? Fuck you. <laughs> now, see, that's that's exactly where we should be, and I don't know exactly what our age difference is, and I'm not going to tell your age anymore. Um, I'll tell mine because I don't give a fuck. Um, that which has been, this is what I want to get into. Mm-hmm. This is a perfect little pivot. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I started writing in 2000, 2001, mm-hmm. the, the relief for me, and I was fairly out with most people, mm-hmm. but that's when it was like, <sighs> yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was no more being worried about. Oh, because I was on the Power Rangers, because I was on this thing that people would know this and this. Right. Couldn't, I couldn't, I didn't have to worry about that anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm on the other side of the camera. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it was a big, big, big relief for me as, as an out person yourself. Yeah. Was there a time when you said, I don't give a fuck? You know, that's honestly, that feeling that I don't give a fuck. And do you think it ever hindered you? I think, I think, okay, so. I know it's a two, but I know it's a there, there's a, Yeah, so I think that it hindered me when I first got here because it was, the, the environment was different. Right, oh yeah. It was different. Mm-hmm. That was the environment which we could only play two things. We could play gangster yep. and thug, which I'm not. Yep. And that's what I would always get. Yeah. <laughs> that's the funny thing. Yeah. And, and, and look, we can, both of us have grown up in environments partially or completely sometime mm-hmm. in environments that where it was a real thing. Right. So don't let the minty taste of my enunciate, how I enunciate, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> like, I slap fool you. I slap no, I, I know what it, I know what it is to watch people beat the shit out of each other right. or be, be watching. You know, I mm-hmm. never thankfully had the experience of being caught up with the wrong people. Mm-hmm. But I knew some wrong people. Mm-hmm. I played basketball with some wrong people. <laughs> I knew their life was go- was fucking up. Right. But uh, that's back when we were gangsters mm-hmm. or we were these asexual kind of uh, comedic relief, comedic right. relief type things. Mm-hmm. They're at the, the, side at the service mm-hmm. of the white protagonist, the side, the side friend, mm-hmm. the friend, or like the, you know, as a, the magical Negro, and right, some, right. you know. Um, so for me, it was like, sh- yeah, for me, it was like, you know, I, I knew who I was. I was a young, black, gay man, but not just that, I was so much more. But in Hollywood, the minute you said you were gay, that filed you away as, oh, well, you can't play this, you can't be this, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. And this is, these, are the, these, are the, these are the things I'm getting back. Right. The first thing someone said to me when I came to here, a friend, a friend of mine, they're like, don't tell nobody that you're gay and don't tell anybody your age. Don't do that. They're already tell, filling me with this fear. Exactly, yeah. And I already had enough to deal with on my plate. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I need to make sure I can eat, mm-hmm. you know. And so I'm walking around with this closed off sense. And I know a lot of my friends were, too, that mm-hmm. are now sense out yeah. and stuff. But it makes you walk into a room not present. Mm. Even if you think you've studied the lines or did the thing or that, you start playing the idea of something mm-hmm. or you start overdoing it to let them know, you know, yeah, I'm a man. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a dude. Right. You know, all this bullshit. Been there. 
You know? <laughs> yeah. And <clears throat> look, masculinity and sexual orientation have nothing to do with each other. Yep. Nothing. But it's the perception. It's the perception. That they see That's when they see a that queer is. when they see that a is. queer character, yeah. they're soft. Right. Right. You know? And how many like leading men have come out or later on have been discovered, mm-hmm. oh, they were gay. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Well that basically says, Well, you're wrong about right. what you thought. Exactly. But yeah, so I was carrying that weight. Mm-hmm. And then you start doing your things and you're I'm out I've I was out in college with my with my teammates, with mm-hmm. my friends. The people who really knew me, they knew I was gay. Yeah. They didn't give a they didn't care. I could, my that's family. my other curiosity. You have a yeah. Jamaican father. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> no, my my he was he was first generation American. Okay. His parents were Jamaicans. Mm-hmm. My family loved me. Mm. Love you know. The, the, God rest the ones that passed. But yeah, none of them cared. Mm. None of them. The only time I started getting insecure about myself was when I was part of this uh, youth group mm. in high school. It was the social group in that little town, mm-hmm. Corbett, and you would hear things and you would guard yourself more mm-hmm. it was the same thing that happened when i got to hollywood i was like well i can't you know do this because i want to be able to work can't I don't be all to, down in mickeys want, and shit I, I don't want them to think i'm this because <laughs> i feel this way and you know, right. i've had agents and people say yeah just you know and my being out hasn't doesn't change me as a human being at all mm-hmm. except now you know something that is as important as the fact that i'm right-handed right. but i also am ambidextrous right. who gives a fuck mm-hmm. Who cares? Mm-hmm. And if you do care, that says more about you. Mm-hmm. It says that you have issues that you are having a hard time with, and I, I, I hope you can work those out. Mm-hmm. But don't fuck up my life livelihood. Don't mess with my money. Don't mess with my ability to express art because you have a shortcoming. Mm-hmm. You know, people come in a variety of things. It's just the truth of who we are. Right. It doesn't denote one's talents, ability, access, creativity you know, uh, sensitivity. I have straight friends that outwardly you'd look at them and like, Oh, he's probably gay. Mm-hmm. And they're not. Yeah, I do too. You know, <laughs> yeah, I have friends sure. that are gay mm-hmm. and I have, a, I have people I know that are gay. <laughs> right. I wanted to note that because some of these people I know they are, right. but some of them are dangerous, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and that I'm just telling you mm-hmm. right now, you look at him, you're like, Oh, I'm afraid of that dude. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, your stereotypes shouldn't make you, you what you stereotype a gay person as. You should yeah. be, you know, shouldn't be afraid. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's all bullshit. Yeah. All of it is bullshit. And did, did we talk about, do you think it affected why you may not be further than you think you want oh, to be? I do or think, or? I do think that, I do think my, <clears throat> my sense of self, because I was doing all those things to myself, all the things I didn't want people doing to me. Right. I think that everything, there's a lot of things. You know, we have no control of why you get cast or not. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that, you know, if you're working with people that may have homophobic bones in their body, Mm -hmm. they're probably going to watch, you know, shoot. I've had castings where I've gone into, like, they were a little for little movies and Mm -hmm. stuff, but I had one where I walked in and I just read the role like me. Mm -hmm. And the guy goes, well, can you be more gay? And I'm like, <laughs> I knew what he meant, mm-hmm. but I wanted to hear him tell me what he thought that meant. Mm. Just like when people say, I'm doing voiceover if I do, or I did old commercials, like, can you be more street? Mm. I know what they, th- I know what they're saying, right. and it's unacceptable what they're mm-hmm. saying, but I want them to say it so they know how stupid they sound. Mm. And then, you know, I've had one time, times where I'm in 
voiceover gigs mm-hmm. and we all know it's stupid and wrong and we all joke <laughs> about it it's like it's some bullshit ain't it yeah right. i mean i don't know why they do this and yeah. so then i start joking around and stuff but yeah i think that uh i think it did affect me and i think it has affected me but i can't get on that train of blaming outside no. sources for my process mm-hmm. all i can focus on is being good and then if i'm not good at something learn to be better at it so i can get more opportunity let me let me ask you this <clears throat> like one of the things i love that that um kareem grimes and of course sean peterson are doing right now is like they started a few years ago like they started you know like kareem has this thing he does on youtube he does mm-hmm. little skits and stuff mm-hmm. and on mm-hmm. tiktok <clears throat> got a huge following with mm-hmm. that and I'm wondering, have you have you considered, or are you doing anything where you're like shooting little shorts and stuff to show you're a different type of actor and a different so my, type of role? I have or? a writing I have a writing partner, mm-hmm. uh, and we have a bunch of sketches that we've written and we're okay. refining, and we've shot three of them. We're going to put together our own little sketch thing. Right now, he is doing something wonderful. He has a story that he wrote mm-hmm. a long time ago that was awarded uh, awarded a prize from AT&T okay. and uh, Tribeca Film Festival. So nice. he has a year to shoot that. So we've had to put that on the back burner. In the meantime, I started writing my own, writing my own screenplay. Okay. And I'm still writing it. I'm in the middle of that. But I feel like for me, I've been considering trying to put together like a comedy, a little under five comedy routine, not to blow myself up, but mm-hmm. just to challenge myself. Okay. And because I found I'm kind of funny. I'm, I'm and sometimes I'm funny. Mm-hmm. I have much respect for my real comedian friends. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I can get in there and do what they do because they have put in that work. Mm-hmm. And I know some funny, funny motherfucking comedians. Mm-hmm. But I want to do it because of the joy that that it looks like yeah. if i were to do some i have a tiktok account i just opened a tiktok account because <laughs> i'm old school i'm like let my work be the thing that shows me mm-hmm. and if i can't get the work i'll create the work but that's part of this you know mm-hmm. tiktok it could serve me in some ways but i'm not of the belief that it's all about the numbers right. i have friends who have hundreds of thousands of followers who've called me and we've talked and they're like, I don't know why I'm not getting more. You just have to keep doing the work. Wherever the work manifests, you got to do the work. And then the rest of it's not up to you. If somebody may see it, may put you on for something else, Mm -hmm. but you got to keep making your own way. And so TikTok is probably just so I can be stupid for fun. Yeah, why not? But I'm not like... But what I was getting to is, is... Eventually, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna tell you, I've said this on my show many times. Yeah, I'm the type of person in 2021. I want to know that you have hyphens now. That doesn't mean you can't just right. be an actor. Right. But in 2021, where you can make a movie now, oh yeah, why are you just one hyphen? Right. You know what That's I mean? That's right. That's my That's thing. That's right. You know, which is why I have so many. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm, they're I'm all act- real. They're all real. Look, yeah. <laughs> I'm actor I mean? writer at this right. point. Good. Actor writer. Um. And continuing to be such. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also know that the thing at which I'm the most educated and prepared is not only the thing that I enjoy the most, but it's also the means by which I create the other hyphens or or I'm able to get my other hyphens realized. Mm -hmm. I write, therefore I'm a writer. But to have something produced that I wrote then makes me a producer. But Mm -hmm. people want to go. That's the business part again. Mm -hmm. It's like. 
you're going to have an easier time if you're Mark Anthony Samuel of blah, 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 and blah, blah, you know, versus, uh, yeah, my name is Mark, and <laughs> I want to do a thing. Right. You know, it's that's where money comes in. That's where. But, but there's also Mark Anthony Samuel, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's Mark Anthony Samuel on the grind, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And the guy on the grind is the guy who does it because they had to. Yeah. Mark yep. Anthony Samuel, for example, is doing it because he can. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And and to me, the only way to get to become him is to make the other guy. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of like why I started oh, yeah. my company. I was out picketing during 2006, 2007, 2008. Yep. And I had just written this pilot, you know, Dwayne Barnes. Yep. And we, we I'd written this pilot for him. And there was this moment where two people were stuck on the train. Troublesome. Yep. And and literally, um, one of my friends, we were picking big producer, was like, hey, just read your script. It's really good. Hey, have you thought about turning that little moment into whatever? And I was like, no. I always do that. <laughs> you know? Talk yourself down. Yeah. And then- We're trained into that. Three months later, we're still picking. And I'm like, and I just look up in the sky and I was like, oh my God, mm-hmm. I need to be my own boss. Yeah. Fuck Hollywood. That's what's up. You know what I mean? And- has it been a hindrance? Sometimes, because now it's all on me, mm-hmm. you know, to pay the rent and to do all these other things and pay my assistant or whatever. And 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 so there's no studio taking care of this shit. Right. This is me. That's right. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's and, right. And, and, and me just putting my name out there and letting people know, hey, you need somebody to fix your shit, I'm the guy to do it. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Which is why I have this office here and I leave my door wide open. Yep. I'm, I'm open for business. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, so, so it goes with that. So it's been a longer, harder road and I've watched my friends, Lena and all them people just blow up, mm-hmm. you know, right mm-hmm. past me. They stayed in the system. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I chose to work out outside of it you know and that was all by design but you really have somebody here who's working on a level that could really help you yep. <laughs> you know what i mean you have to stay true <clears throat> right. to you and that's and that what you're doing is is right and correct your genius precedes your conscience hmm. conscious consciousness I'm really needing to work <laughs> you need I, to eat i, I did okay on sats trust me um <laughs> no it's like you know what's you know it's right, and you know it's right before you know it's right. Right. And just as I know what I'm doing is right, but I also know that the person that's writing, the person that's doing the stuff with his writing partner, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's that's Mark the Grinder. But somewhere in there, all of it that connects every last bit of it, whether it's the person who's done a certain thing already and the person that's doing mm-hmm. to get to make something happen, mm-hmm. there's love that binds all of it. I love doing it. Right. It's not like I got to do this because I don't know what else to do. It's like, no, I want it. I have things I want to say. This mm-hmm. makes me laugh. People should see this. Right. Oh, I should do a set because of these observations. I want to see if it makes other people laugh. What makes me laugh? Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't, I tried it. Well, move on. It's a lesson. I add it into the, the mix and I get better from it. Awesome. What's, what's next for you? So right now, uh, just... Uh, did some ADR on a gig that's going to be coming out on, I believe, Netflix. It's a, it's a uh, suspense thriller. Mm-hmm. It's either Netflix or Lifetime or one of those type of things. Mm-hmm. But uh, brother plays uh, a, de- a detective, so sure, that's coming sure. out. Um, the working Speaking title of right hot now. guys with guns and yeah. shit. <laughs> we didn't even get into that, but it's, yeah. all right, it's all right. I kind of moving. In, I feel like I'm moving into my kind of like uh, law enforcement daddy uh, <laughs> years right now because I'm playing a lot of law enforcement. Then I have a horror film that I'm. Still working on, but I'm not going to say much about that right mm-hmm. now until we actually wrap. I have a couple more days on that, okay. including lots of underwater stuff. So uh, I'm just like, 
You better be smart. Brother's working. I'm still working. <laughs> like good. still hitting the ground, still doing everything, and I'm not going any fucking where. Awesome. So. Awesome. Um, where can people follow you? Where are you at? If you want to follow me on the social medias, um, I'm on Instagram. And people who follow you and shit. Nah, come on now. <laughs> Catch a shirt all off on General yeah. Hospital and people are like, ooh, I'm following him. Ooh, yeah. Well, look, my uh, my uh, <laughs> my handle is the same on Twitter and on Instagram. It's at Mark as Art, M A R C A S A R T. And you can uh, also find me on the on the reruns, I guess, too. I'm around. So. <laughs> Are you on Twitter? I'm on Twitter. Okay. Yeah, same same thing. Mark is art. And now I'm also on TikTok, but uh. there ain't no videos on there yet. So <laughs> if you want to just meet me there, uh, I'll, I'll whip something together sooner or later. That's what's up. This will be out in a couple weeks. In a couple weeks. All right. All um, right. Yeah, that's dope. And I am your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter. I say Twitter like I'm cool. Yeah, T W I T T A. Exactly. Twitter. Twitter like I'm cool. Um, you guys can follow the show, Screenwriters RR. Also on Clubhouse, which I'm rarely on, but I'm on there every once in a while. Um, on there, please go on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, where everywhere you can get a podcast. Um, please give us a five star review. We need that for the metrics. Please give us a review. Please um, sh- um, subscribe to the show, all that shit. Um, also, um, go on our, our our website, screenwritersrr.com. We got a Patreon page. Please donate to that. It's, it helps to keep the show moving along, get them T-shirts. Got to get you a T-shirt, Mark, so you can yeah, man. working that shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, so appreciate everybody who listens to the show. We love you guys all over the world, always representing, always, you know, saying hi to us and giving us great things. So hope you guys enjoyed this podcast with my old friend from way back. How far y'all going back? Way back. <laughs> way back, back, back. I don't even remember where I met you at. That's what's Probably bad. that, com- uh, well, you, it wasn't oh, the commercial? Right. Was it the commercial audition? Mm, I don't Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I, don't, yeah. I just feel like we just know each other forever. So, yeah. and, and this is a cool thing I love about you, and I said this to Kareem too, you still the same dude. Success, nothing has changed. You're still the same motherfucker. You know exactly who you are. Yeah, I know who I am. I mean, we're all in a process of, you know, metamorphoses, but it's like, you know, the basic parts are still there, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And I wanted to say one thing in in relation to that. There are those, there's there's a, a level of knowing people in this community. There's people you know that you can call or text. There's knowing like your basketball friends Mm -hmm. there's knowing as i've seen you a bunch of times hey man but you don't remember their name Mm -hmm. there's knowing but you may follow each other on social media but you don't really know each other Mm -hmm. um i'm glad to consider to have you amongst those people that i actually could i literally could text or call oh yeah so you're gonna get a brother teary out because you're a big baby (laughs) all right all right man joining with me for wakanda forever right wakanda forever yeah you could do it like that so you guys know how we do it on the rant room on the show we keep it real we keep it opinionated we keep it what mark wakanda Wakanda forever forever. peace y'all all All right (laughs) i'ma say what i feel and I promise to keep it real. Welcome to the Rain Room. So you wanna be a rider? Well, you gotta be a rider.
Till your fears are diminishing, the doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind and the business got me stressed in the rent room We let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerds got no time for no caca Sass in class, yes that's Mr. Bolakaja Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel, say what you want Welcome to the Red Room